What's up, everybody? This is G Marie, and this is Hip Hopology, a think tank for hip hop heads to collaborate and dialogue over the evolution, elevation, and isolation faced within the hip hop community from a hood scholarly perspective. So sit back, relax, as we kick it with some of the most dopest MCs, DJs, visual artists, B boys, and B girls, and many more. This is Hip Hop. Ology, ology, ology. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is G Marie coming to you live in a full effect with Hip Hop Ology. Today's episode, episode number four. Um, I don't have a title yet, but that's okay. We will figure out one later. Uh, but first and foremost, I would like to thank everybody for listening and for tuning in to Hip Hop Ology. Um, everything's been going well with the show, so again, thank you all so much. Um, today, I am joined by a very, very special person. He was also featured on um, one of the episodes, G. Marie Taught Me, and that episode got a lot of great feedback. Um, so, thank you all for not only tuning in to uh, Hip Hopology, but for also tuning in to G. Marie Taught Me as well. So, this gentleman really doesn't need any introduction. I'm going to let him um, kind of introduce himself. So, without further ado... I would like to introduce my homie, Mr. A-Dot. <clears throat> yo, 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 what up, dog? It's your homeboy, A-Dot, official A-Dot. Follow me on all social medias. Um, I just, hey, what up to the people? You know what I'm saying? I love being here, kicking it with G. Um, and uh, she she got this new joint going on, and we're going to rock with it. And uh, I'm honored, you know, so we're going to kick the balls. And well, you, y'all know how I do. I'm getting her ass. As usual, he always says that, but you know, we'll see. So, thank you all. Uh, not thank you all, thank you for <laughs> tuning in or for joining me. Look, I'm all jacked up today. Okay, it's nah, Sunday, y'all gotta forgive me. Um, happy Mother's Day, too. Yes, happy Mother's, happy Day, to Mother's all the Day today. Um, I think that's a great stamp, even for today, but also everybody that's you know, I mean, that's been a mother if you didn't have a kid, but you're an auntie, um, you know, you're a big, big sister, big homie. Happy Mother's Day to you because also it takes a village to raise a kid, right? And so we, I just love everybody that's a part of anybody's kid life. I appreciate you for that. Yes, well, thank you again. Um, yeah, happy Mother's Day to all of the mamas, the mothers, everybody, um, aunties that are mothering children, everybody. Um, so, yeah, so let's get into it. So, of course, you know, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, um, you know, just pretty much who you are and a couple other things. So, who is A-Dot? A-Dot, man. A-Dot is a, a man, a man of faith, uh, a, a father, uh, a friend, a mentor, uh, a philanthropist, uh, a artist, an MC, um, an entrepreneur, um, a host, uh, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm... I'm whatever I need to be at the time, you know what I mean? Um, I, I think I've done a great job or doing a great job and learning more about being in a moment and, and then understanding the moment and understanding my role in the moment. And so I think that's what I've been doing the most is just like, yo, what am I needed for at that time? And being able to support whatever the vision is or whatever the greater, the greater being is or the greater outcome is during that time frame. So, um, I just love people, you know what I mean? I'm, I got a heart for people. I love music. Music is my my way of art and art form. 
I prefer that over any other art form, though I love art, period. But my way of expression is music, and so uh, that's, that's what it is. Wow, well, thank you so much for, um, you know, telling the people who you are. And I just have to say, you guys, I wish you all had, like, smell a vision because <laughs> it smells so good where we're at right now recording. Thanks. Um, the vibe is, is set. Like, I'm so relaxed, and I don't even know if I can get through the show, but <laughs> we, will, we will definitely try. Um, it smells, again, it smells so good in here. I'm, I'm big on, like, Sense. Yeah, yeah, so big on that. So, so yeah, so, okay, so the, the main question that we always get into at the beginning of the show, um, and of course, we've had a discussion about this before, and the answer always varies, but as an artist, um, who definitely respects uh, the hip hop culture and subculture? What are the five elements of hip hop? Uh, five elements of hip hop. You know, you got your DJing. Well, that's where it really started with DJing, right? Uh, you got your MC, uh, the person that put the lyrics over the beat. You have um, your taggers or like your art, whatever them guys is, like people that paint. Um, people that tag, get that whole b-boy look. Um, graffiti artists, um, is, you know, it's specific. Um, you have, what I say, DJ, MC, taggers, dancing, of course, you can't. Hip-hop culture is nothing without dance, you know, and that's why I be tripping on, like, you know, the when, when people come out with dance songs, everybody be mad. I was like, man, this is part of hip-hop. No, it ain't, it ain't break dancing or it ain't b-boying, but it's dancing. It's part of hip-hop, so. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to involve so dancing, and then um, the last one is um, I said DJing, uh, DJing, MCing, art, um, and dancing. What's the last one? Uh, this is where everybody always gets the answer. Different. I would say something like social awareness. You know what I'm saying? Just being able to because where hip hop started from, it was a way for the urban community to tell their truth. And so, you know, where they came from, how they came from, the perspective of what it, what it looked like. So so being social aware, you know what I mean? I think is an element or the last element in hip hop, um, being able to communicate that truth, whatever that is though. I think that's a beautiful answer. Um, so the, the technical, they say like the technical fifth element is knowledge, but I love how um, each time I interview, you know, a person on the show, their fifth element it, it ties into hip-hop it's always different but it definitely ties into hip-hop and when you break it down that way it's kind of like i mean can we really say that knowledge is the fifth element when you know again you bring up social awareness i mean that that goes under knowledge technically Fact. um so yeah that I, I think that's an amazing answer I, I definitely i agree with you um well when did you fall in love with hip-hop uh, me, man, I fell in love with hip-hop when I heard uh, Creeping on the Come Up for the first time by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, I remember that CD, Creeping on the Come Up CD. Uh, before then, I was, you know, I was a gospel listener. I listened to a lot of gospel and jazz. My dad listened to jazz and oldies, Temptations, you know, Whispers. I grew up on that. And then my mom, she was just old-school gospel, you know what I mean? Because we um, grew up with a gospel singing group. Uh, my grandmother and them, they were in a gospel singing group called the Scott Singers. So they would open up like for the Clarks and sisters and people around that nature. I'm talking about singing maybe like four or five times a week at different churches. And so um, I really didn't get into hip hop until when I first seen 
the video for creeping on a car. Oh no, heard it. I heard it, and then I seen the video from first in the month. Oh no, Thuggish Ruggish Bone. That's what it was. Um, I seen that video on the box, and it was the Thuggish Ruggish Bone, and these cats look. I'm like, these they they look like me. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the projects, and you know, I'm from the Buffalo Projects East Side, and so they looked like project kids. Though you know they're from Cleveland, I didn't know that. You know I didn't know. People was from anywhere else to rap, you know. Mm -hmm. And I thought everybody was from the city, so, uh, so I seen them, man. And I'm just listening to their flow, and what really got with me was the way they harmonized, because I I was always listening to music like singers, and so they harmonized this flow. I'm like, damn, that's sweet. Like these, they going fast, and you know, can we just with a rook straight bump? So it was just like. And then you had old girl singing on the hook. It was just, it was just catchy, man. And so I followed Bone Career from there forever. You know what I'm saying? And then I got into Tupac because my dad wouldn't listen to, he didn't listen to hip hop, but he listened to Tupac. Their mama came out, and that was like one of his favorite joints off the Me Against the World album. And so I got into Tupac. The Me Against the World album was my first Tupac album, and then I followed Tupac Career from there. So those was my two hip-hop stardies, I would say. Well, um, The Box. You mentioned this um, right. network called The Box. The Box. Now, I, I remember The Box, but I can't remember if it was um, a, a cable show network mm -hmm. or was it on BET? No, so The Box was a, it was his own, it was his own network. Right. It was just called The Box. And um, at one point, you can get it on cable, but then like at another point, it was like later on, it was, it was regular TV. Mm -hmm. I think on cable though is when it was more live. And I think when they start showing it on like regular TV, it was more scripted. Like they just script shows, like took like recorded shows and then handed them off. Because I remember trying to call the box one time when it was on regular TV. I'm like, yo, I want to hear this such and such video. Or I want to see such and such video. And this was like Lil' Kim was hot. And I wanted to see some little Kim videos, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and they never even responded. The phone would just rang and rang. I'm like, man, so. But then you could catch the same videos. But yeah, the box was my junk. That was the way we caught up on videos. Okay. Well, uh, um. So this question, I know I've asked you before, but um, like if you could describe your sound as an artist, like how would you describe it? Um, I sound. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say I have a sound. I think my my music is more of a feel because uh, sounds is more of uh, instruments, and I've learned that I can become any instrument on any beat, mm -hmm. right? And so I don't have a sound, and it's almost a downfall to an extent. You know, even like Royce's career was one of those like he couldn't get a he couldn't get a deal at one point because they say he was too versatile. He can do whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it also makes him one of the best rappers alive also, you know what I mean, or best lyrically lyrically MCs alive because he don't really have a sound. You put on a beat, he gonna, gonna jump however it feels. And so, um, and that's what, for me, that's where I am. I don't have a sound, I have a feeling. It's about how the beat feels to me. What I hear the beat doing is how I'm gonna adjust my, vo my vocal, what I'm talking about, my cadence, you know what I mean? Um, I don't go in there and just do one cadence. Like I'm, whatever the beat feels, I'm doing it. And so I don't have a sound, I have a feel. I think that's the best part about um, being an artist, no matter what your study is, when you can just, you know, hone into your craft. Like, especially me being um, not only, you know, just a DJ, but my background is in dance. So mm -hmm. to be able to just 
go in the studio and to play a song and to feel something. Like I think that's we'll get to everything else later. But yes, I um I think it's it's really beautiful as an artist where you can just kind of like just go in and just just vibe. in on your crap. Yeah, yeah just, just, just vibe. vibe. And I watch it like even some of the younger cats that's coming up. I watch it more and more how they vibe. Like a lot of older MCs or cats that been in the game don't necessarily give it enough props that these that these young guys can go in without a pen in the paper. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And just let that boy flow. You know what I mean? Now, what they saying is what they saying. And at the end of the day, you shouldn't be able to agree if you're 40. You're not supposed to be agreeing with a 20-year-old anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, music is for young. Most of the time, the art is a young art, especially when we talk about music. But I thank God for, like, the Jay-Zs and people of short that allow hip-hop to kind of stretch with age, you know what I mean? And you don't have to, like, a take nine and, you know, you don't, it's, not, it's not necessarily an age no more, age limit, you know what I mean? You can kind of vibe because your truth is still your truth. But, man, I, I just appreciate, um, I appreciate these young cats, you know what I'm saying? How they go in the studio and just feel, you know what I mean? It ain't really, it ain't, it's not super technical no more, yeah. you know what I mean? And I like the super technical shit, don't get me wrong. But dang, what you listen to on the regular. Mm -hmm. You don't listen to the super technical shit on the regular. You appreciate the art of it. But with the things that we listen to on the regular, we look for the vibe. We look for the feel. Yeah, you know all the I mean? good shit, honestly, to me, isn't on the radio. Like, No, hell no. It's, yeah, it's not nah, on the radio. Hell no. The radio never. The crazy thing is, the radio, even back then, the radio wasn't a place for figuring out the music, right? You had to be at the clubs. You had to be at the bars. And that was when DJing was real DJing. DJing was breaking your records back then. Man, they don't do that no more. Not 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 as much as they, they would did back then. Like if you wanted to hear who was popping in your neighborhood or you wanted to hear who was popping um, that the DJ was rocking with, you had to go at, go to these parties and find these artists. Now, you know, it's just about whoever got the most money. What yeah. record label has the most money to get you the most spins? That's what you're listening to. Absolutely. Um, well, what, like... Obviously, you describe your sound, but uh, what are some of your and who are some of your musical inspiration? Uh, man, that's crazy because I listen to a lot of people, man. It's it's hard to harness on, you know, because different people inspire me at different times. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could just tell you who I'm always listening to. Uh -huh. like, that's 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 I can do that because um, I've I've been inspired by so many MCs, rappers, musicians. Um, you know, singers, groups, from old school to new school, you know what I mean, at different points in my life, where I listen to it and be like, ooh, shit, I can, ooh, that's cold, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so, I've been inspired by that, but I can tell you who I'm who I'm always playing, no matter what. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm always playing Michael Jackson. He was my first inspiration when it comes to music, period. Uh, like, understanding, like, watching him perform, understanding, you know, his vocal range, understanding, you know, the way he felt beats, you know, he felt them beats, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like, it wasn't mechanics, it was all feel, you know what I mean? Uh, so, Mike stay in my joint, Pop stay in my joint. Um, I, I, I don't listen to it as much as Pop now, as much as I used to, only because of my mindset is kind of different, right? Though we knew who Pop was as a person, a lot of the stuff lyrically, he didn't, he didn't always portray that person lyrically all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Jay always stay in my, you know what I'm saying, Jay-Z is always in my my core. Uh, of course, I love Drake. Lil Wayne is another one of my biggest influencers. Um, at one point, I used to sound just like Lil Wayne when I was like 13, 14. Mm. 
rapping. I got like, my homeboy got these old tapes that we used to record on the karaoke. He put that joint in and I was like, dang. I was like, who is that? He's like, nigga, that's you. I said, no, that nigga sound just like Lil Wayne. Like, mm-hmm. at one point, I took his whole everything. Like, I was Lil Wayne out for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, juvenile, juvenile, you know, the whole hot boy here. Of course, Royce, M, uh, Big Sean, I rock with a lot. Uh, you know, just that's just the name of a few people that's always in my tape deck. I like cats from Chicago, like Mick Jenkins. He crazy. Um, of course, my peers. A lot of things. The other thing about being an artist is, especially with MCing, you got peers. You know what well. I'm saying? And so, like, my peers, like Patience, Jay Beretta, Train, Ellie. You know what I mean? Like, I'm heavy in the music scene, so I'm listening to their music a whole lot. Yeah. You know, Travis Chandler's. Uh, uh, you know, those people, you know what I'm saying? I'm listening to the cats that's, you know, my peers too, you know what I mean? So, a, a lot of a lot of different people inspire me, but who inspired me to perform and really rap and do music again was Mike Ball, Michael Jackson, and Bone Touch Army. Like, they're my two inspirations, my biggest inspirations. Mm, so, I know we talked about this before. It's so funny. Um... Bone Thugs, so they're from Cleveland. I'm always in Cleveland, like all the time. Thanks. And um, their song, first of the month, they sampled Anita Baker's "I Just Want to Be a Girl." Didn't even ah, you I, now that I doom yeah. doom doom, uh-huh. I get it now. Yeah, doom 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 doom. Yeah, and they add yeah. the the extra chorus and the yeah. bass. Yeah, they yeah. just slowed it down a yeah. little bit. Yeah. I get it now. I remember when we talked about it before. I was like, man, I still didn't hear it. Mm-hmm. I hear it now. Yeah, 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 dog. yeah, yeah it's pretty dope. dope. Yeah. It's really dope. It's crazy how you know um, when it comes to music, especially music like the most plays get. Um, you know, some sample stuff. Like mm-hmm. samples always get the most plays. You know what I'm saying? That's why I always love like Timberland coming up because like him and Missy. They didn't sample, you know what I'm saying? They were always creating, you know, uh, for real. That's another one I always enjoy. That cats that can make beats from scratch and win. Yeah. That was always different. Right? You know what makes Missy? I love samples, though. What makes Missy so amazing? She, I literally just saw this. She just received her, her doctorate in music. She's she graduated studying. from the Berkeley School of Music. Mm-hmm. And I was looking to that school in Barcelona to do in a, a year accelerated program, either mm-hmm. that or Harvard. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I almost kind of want to do it now. The music production, after seeing that she went and got her doctorate mm-hmm. in this stuff, so just you know, the fact that it, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter whether or not she's putting out, you know, hits every year or, or every month. It's the fact that she respects her craft so much that she's willing to continue her studies far beyond her artistry. Facts, and I, you know, that's one of the things that I've been like, not necessarily battling, but just going back and forth with was going to school, going to music school, you know what I mean? Because I teach a music, I teach a music class now called Keys to Life. Shout out to Red, shout out to Union. Uh, and when I, I teach this class about hip hop, poetry, uh, and I'm like, man, I ain't know this, I ain't know how much I actually know. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as like the technical side of it, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know I knew as much as, I, as I'm as i teaching. Mm-hmm. And more, right? Like when it comes to the engineering side and just the building on that piece too, it's, uh, I know a whole lot about this music thing. And so that's one of the things I've been going back and forth with. He actually probably in the fall too. Would you consider yourself like a, a hip hop scholar? Um, nah, I wouldn't say I'm a hip hop scholar. I mean, I, I know a lot about music, right? And hip hop, but you know, it's, it's, it's a guy like Train, like Train, I would consider Train like a hip-hop. Shout out to Train and Freak. Uh, I, I consider 
cats like him, you know, my man is scholar, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I consider them cats like hip hop scholars because they know shit that I don't never know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like shit like who produced this, who wrote it, mm -hmm. who was the composers on it, what sample they used. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't be caring about all that, to be honest with you. I mean, it's good to know that type of information, but I just like the way the music feel, right? Mm -hmm. But them cats, they can break that type of stuff down. I, I won't consider myself a hip hop scholar. And just Not FYI, um, these gentlemen that. Uh, dot names, a scholar, uh, Royce the Five Nine, Train Freeman. Um, he named some other artists. These are artists that are from Detroit, and, and we always say it's a difference in being a Detroit artist and an artist that you know is from Detroit. And a uh, Train, especially, he actually just did the second episode of Hip Hopology, and um, and Train always celebrated your sound and your artistry he every time we talk about you he always has something great to say like just the gleam that you know i see in his eye when whenever we talk about you and your artistry i mean he literally could just go on and on like oh a dot this a dot that like man a dot he i love this about him i love that about him and um I'm so happy that the more and more I start to interview different people here in my city, um, for so long we've gotten this rep that we're all out for, you know, ourselves. It's every man for himself. There's no love in the city, but there's so much love within yeah, the community uh, amongst think, artists. I think I think uh, the 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 fact that we think there's no love it only comes from. It don't come from the artist. Mm -hmm. It comes from the consumer, for real. Yeah. It's not artists don't get along. Artists get along here. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I mean, you might have, you know, you got you got people that disagree with each other, and you got people that take their disagreements a little bit further, right? That's part of life. But for the most part, man, everybody get along here. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody really like hating or beef. I mean, like I said, we all got opinions, and. You, you can disagree and it's okay to disagree. I think once we understand that we can disagree, I can like what I like. Mm -hmm. And that don't mean I'm hating on you. Uh, then we can see it differently. But I think that comes from more so the consumer. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? The consumer is where we don't feel the love from a lot from here in the city because we got people that are paid $150 or $300, to go to go see a Jay-Z. And I'm not mad at Jay. Jay put in a lot of work for that shit, right? Mm -hmm. But... Or, or just bring it down. Niggas gonna pay $50 to go see Wale or a J. Cole. You know what I'm saying? You get that nigga $100, right? And you got niggas in the city that put on shows that can spit just as nice or better than J. And there's no disrespect to these people. No, I agree. I look up to J. Cole. He's one of the cats that I'm playing all the time. You know what I'm saying? He's my peer. You know what I mean? So, um, but you, we got cats that, you know what I'm saying, that's doing the same or even better. They got to work their ass off. And we only charging ten, fifteen, twenty dollars to come see us, yep. and we giving you a whole fucking showcase yep. with what three, four different people on the lineup, and and because they not famous or because whatever the reason, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times it's because you can probably you feel like you can see them again because mm -hmm. we're in the city, mm -hmm. so we don't get the same love, man. And I think that's where we don't feel the love at. As far as artists, like everybody cool, you know what I'm saying? When I walk in the building. From both sides, the dope, you know what I'm saying, the dope side of the artistry, you know what I'm saying, what I, I call it like the dope, the dope boy, the D-boy sound, right, you know what I'm saying, and, all, and from the backpacker side, you know what I'm saying, I get love from both sides, and I show love to both sides, because I understand both worlds, if you live in the city of Detroit, you know, you know both sides of the story, you know what I'm saying, and so, I just think the, 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 the fake, I mean, well, not necessarily fake love, but the, 
the uh, beef come with the consumers here, man. Like, yeah. who rock it? Like, nobody coming to listen. Nobody, you know what I'm saying? Our DJ is not playing our music. Uh, you know, our promoters taking advantage of us. You know what I'm saying? As artists. You know what I mean? They say they putting us on these platforms, but we're not making no money off of it. Or the platform that they putting us on, it ain't really, like, I can create. I really create my own because I'm bringing the people to listen to me anyway. Right. So I, I'm bringing 20 people out to listen to me to say, hey, for me, and you just made $200 off them when I got nothing off a of 10 minute set. Mm. Like, that's what's really messed up about the culture of Detroit is this culture vulture in Detroit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And people not supporting. But artists get along. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't see artists beefing in the city for real. Like, and no reason to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I don't know if I should ask you this now because you kind of, I feel like you named some of your top five, but um, your your favorite rap album. Mmm, that's tough, pick, man. Yeah. I can't say I have one favorite. Okay. Uh, like I said, like I, I do so I do so much music, man. Like, to a regular person, you can name that shit. Too. Or, okay, your favorite five rap albums. I can say my favorite five, and this is... This is me not even like going through music for real, like, uh, and this is no order, so please don't shoot me, people. Uh, but let's see. Mm, that's tough. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of albums that I like. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say my the most influential albums for me. Can I do that? Okay. All right, because I don't want to say favorite because favorite. Mean that I, you know, what I mean that I like more some better than other. I would just say the most influential albums for me. Uh, me against the world, no. Uh, All eyes on me. Okay. East ninety nine. Uh, I'm going to say Jay Z Blueprint. Okay. I'm going to say. Uh, uh, Juvenile four hundred degrees. Okay. And that's crazy. I, I, I only got five, y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm going to say DMX is dark and hell is high. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good lineup. So, this is what I've been really building up to. It's called The Great Hip Hop Debate. This is the part of the show where sometimes it gets heated. Sometimes it gets mm -hmm. happy. Mm -hmm. But it is probably the most educational, mm -hmm. the most informative, and most importantly, it just provides a safe space for a healthy discussion about hip-hop. Mm -hmm. um, so, we've had, you know, conversations in the past, just, you know, about artists that have influenced us, and mm -hmm. there was a time where when we were kids, because, well, I'm, I'll be 30 in June, you're, what, 30? 32. 32. Mm -hmm. And... When we grew up around the Biggie and Tupac era, we were probably like seven to eight mm -hmm. around that time, yep. like right before they both got killed. I was in elementary. I'm not yep. I was nine. Yep. Yeah. So yep, seven, eight, nine around that yep. time. And um, for me, like I remember telling you that I grew up on a lot of Biggie, a lot of uh, Junior Mafia. Not that I didn't listen to Tupac, but I was heavily influenced by. You know the bad boy era notorious big because i had an older sister that was in high school and that listened to a lot of a lot of biggie mm. so here it is the biggie versus tupac mm. obviously a lot of people can debate whether or not tupac or biggie is the better artist mm. um i have to go with biggie because i listen to him a lot and i know for you you go with tupac so pac all day, pac all day. 
And of course, that's because of, you know, you growing up listening to that, your father playing that a lot, and then me growing up listening to a lot of Biggie, because my sister played it a lot. And, you know, you know, when Pac got into that beef with Biggie, like, we was young, I really thought Biggie killed that nigga, you feel me? Yeah. And so, like, it didn't, like, it wasn't that I didn't like Biggie's songs, because I think Biggie was cold, I always thought he was cold. Um, and the more and more I got in diving into hip-hop and did more research, the more and more I respect um, Biggie's lyricism over Pac's. I think he's a better lyricist. Mm. I, actually, I actually think he's a better rapper than Tupac, right? When we're talking about, you know, somebody that feel beats because Biggie don't have a sound. Mm-hmm. He one of those cats that get on that beat and, and he, whatever he feel, he gonna it come out like that. That's what make Biggie one of the coldest because he don't he don't have a style. He bumps. It's just it's about it's a feel. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Pac has a style. He writes. You know what I'm saying? And, and even though he got a feel too, but it's. It's more of a style, you know what I'm saying? He he's don't a really poet change. to me, I feel like. Yeah, he don't really change his cadence. Like, yeah. you know, pop cadence, he's gonna do it the same way. Yeah. Biggie don't have a set cadence, you know what I'm saying? Because it's about how the beat is. So I always felt, as I got older, I felt like Biggie was a better rapper. Uh, he was a better lyricist. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it's it's sometimes. But he just, to me, wasn't a better all around artist. Okay. Um, and I feel like pop. I can put on any pop CD and bang it all the way through. Some shit Biggie talk about, I don't be want to hear that shit. You know what I'm saying? Some of that shit be like, ill. You know what I mean? Like dead wrong type shit. Like I don't care about none of that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, and his beats weren't better than Pac's. I don't think. You know what I'm saying? Because Pac had that rider shit. You know what I'm saying? Just, I just think Pac was a better artist. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And he was a, he had more quotables. Like he talked about more reality stuff, things that you could relate to. Yeah. And so when I'm listening to music, I'm listening to it for information, and I'm also listening to it for relatability. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like though, I feel like Royce the Five Nine is probably one of the greatest lyricists on this world, right? I'm not listening to Royce every day. The Book of Ryan was probably his best book, yeah, piece of work, absolutely. Uh, his best piece of work as far as relatability, like being able to be relate to somebody. Nigga, he can outrap anybody. Uh, like I think he outrap him on the bad but evil. I, I argue that with everybody. I said M wasn't ready for what because Royce was doing it. Mm-hmm. So that nigga Royce was jumping all over the motherfucking beats. Mm-hmm. I'm not listening to Royce every day. You feel me? I listen to uh, a little baby something before I and see, you know and what that's what how I feel about Pac. I won't listen to Pac every day. I'm not just gonna put in a Pac album and just you know, blast that shit. I would put on a Biggie album and just, you know, blast that shit because I feel like he had a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. But um, what I absolutely agree with you on is Pac probably has a song for every mood. And the older I've gotten, um, I feel like my values have switched a lot. So the more and more I started listening to Biggie, the more and more I kind of felt like he set himself up for failure to get killed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people either agree or disagree with me, but I, I really feel like he put himself out there to get killed where with Tupac Tupac was just woke he just knew a lot of shit um a lot of people don't know that Asada Shakur is his godmother Mm -hmm. um Asada Shakur was you know one of the heavy hitters in Black Panthers Mm -hmm. um and Afina Shakur was also a Black Panther Mm -hmm. so a lot of the stuff that he talked about he was ahead of his time and a lot of people weren't ready for that shit mm-hmm. where Biggie, you know, he grew up in the hood. He talked about a lot of hood shit. He talked about his surroundings and everything else. But Tupac was able to actually not only stay in the game as an artist, but he eventually got into acting, mm-hmm. you know, so that's what makes him versatile. Um, 
And of course, I think the part that we, you know, agree to disagree on is what album will we, you know, put in our, our cassette CD player or MP3 and just bang that shit out. For you, it's, it would be Tupac and for me, it would be Biggie. You know, if I just need to get in a mood because I felt like maybe it was, I don't know, I felt like Biggie had better beats than Tupac. I'm going to be real with you. But but the one song that always um, fucked me up mentally and it really made me think about life just all together, it was Keep Your Head Up, Tupac. Like I'm not I'm not gonna put in a biggie song for inspiration. I'm gonna put in some shit that I need to ride out to because I need to, you know, get up and go grind and get my work done. But when right. I really wanna think about shit, I'll put on Tupac. Yeah, I, I mean I think they was two different artists for sure. Mm-hmm. Um I think they both played the role that they needed to play in our lives. I think without Biggie and Tupac we wouldn't understand the the depth of um the you know, East and the West Coast the sound. East and the West Coast sound. The perspective of the East and the West mm-hmm. Coast. Though Pop grew up on the East Side. But like he said, I'm from the East, but I got my game from the West. That's why yeah. I claim West Side. And so, um, I think those perspectives is, is still living today. You know, yeah. through the Kendricks, through the games, through the Jay-Z's, through the, you know, the Dave East's of the world. You know, um, cats that's coming up from that way, like the 50 Cent's, like all of them, they came up under the same era. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's an argument that'll never die. Never. You know, I think that for me, I felt like Pop was like my uncle. Like, I knew that nigga for real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got all, I got all my, I got a lot of, like, my game of life for real came from Tupac and Big, um, came from Tupac and Bone. I remember selling dummy rocks. You know what I'm saying? When I needed some bread. Only reason why I knew how to do that because Bone th- Bone was they them niggas talking about cooking up dummy rocks and how to do it. You know what I'm saying? So I remember shit like that. You know what I mean? Like I got the game from them cats, man. So Yeah, I'm I don't know if I'm biased. I just think that like I said, as I got older I understood the qualities of big mm-hmm. and the shit that I'm listening to for big. I'm listening to for big. When I'm listening to I'm listening to it from hardcore lyrics and flow. I'm listening to Pac, I'm listening to good music and a mood, like you said, in reality. You yeah, know what I mean? the, the, the actual reality of what? Shit, like I wonder why I call you bitch, or, you know what I'm saying, picture me rolling, or uh, niggas can't see me, or, you know what I'm saying, niggas out get jealous, cause they keep, you know what I'm saying, it just go crazy, the hearts of men, like, change, like, man, that nigga, man, Pac was ridiculous, though. Like, honestly. Like, I could name so many songs that are, like, and, it's only, and it might be crazy because Big only had two albums. Mm-hmm. But it just let you know where Pac was at. You know what I'm saying? That nigga Pac came out of jail. Nigga gave us a double album in 24, what, 72 hours. He recorded all them songs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And more. It just was the only shit they could fit on there. That nigga wasn't playing with these niggas. Man. And, it's, and it's not too many people that can actually go in the studio and do stuff like that. They can just hone in on their artistry and, and just, just knock crazy. out, you know, song after song, hit after hit. But most importantly, I feel like Again, the older I, 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 I've gotten and realized, I feel like Biggie was more of a, a commercial rapper. I mean, but he was a commercial rapper for thugs. But Tupac was, he was a rapper and he, he was in his own field. And although they kind of came from like the same upbringing, um, at the same time, you know, Tupac will always produce a lot of thought-provoking shit. Mm-hmm. And, and it made you think a lot, which is why it kind of saddens me that, you know, we lost two hip hop icons around the exact same time. And you would think that that great loss would 
motivate and somehow be a lesson to the great loss of Nipsey Hussle. Mm-hmm. Like what Biggie and Tupac, that that was like our, our two uncles and Nipsey was like our cousin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and that was and, and what and what Nipsey was doing with the community, like like you you didn't hear anything negative about Nipsey, but Nipsey was obviously labeled, you know, because he was a game bagger at one point. But it took to lose these great musicians, these great artists, these these um thought provoking game changers for us to realize how important hip hop is not only as a subculture but how important it is to our community in order to foster um change and greatness mm-hmm. so you know of course i'm gonna always say oh i'm, I'm you know bad boy big ride or die but at the end of the day you know we still got to think about the bigger picture at hand and, and who was really trying to um use their platform as an artist to talk to the community and, and that i will absolutely say tupac for sure for sure i, I, mean, I, I think for the things that we know tupac i'm not gonna say biggie one and biggie was too I, I feel I like he was on the same too. i feel like um juicy was that was a good song for you know just keeping i mean as far as like using the music to empower, to empower right? yeah because we got to also know that this is a job and that's all i'll be trying to catch like it's a job but the, the thing about music and about the artwork of music is that life and death is in the tongue. Yeah. And, you know, and your words matter. You know what I'm saying? Your words matter whether you think they don't or whether you want them to or not. They actually matter. And mm-hmm. so, and that's where, you know, even with me, like, I be having, you know, I have people around me like, bro, you should do a song like this. And all you got to do is do one of these songs and you will blow up. I swear, you just do one. And I be like, bro, my words matter, yeah, and I got and kids. That's not your people, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got kids, and, and so if, if 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 me doing a club shaking song is the thing that's gonna stop me from getting music or, or you know becoming this icon of music, then guess what? I won't be an icon of music. If me not doing a thug song or a dope dealer song or a Blade Icewood type song or you know a T Grizzly type song, which I like T Grizzly, don't get me wrong, or Vezo type money phone type shit. And, you know, people are like, man, you can talk about it because you came from it, but that don't mean I have to. It's a way you can talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to talk about it that way. And so, it's because of, you know, I, I'm really big on that. Really big on life and death in the time. Yeah. You know, Doe Nipsey was out the hood and in the hood at the same time. You listen to his music. You know, that well, these rap niggas is one of them. You know what I'm saying? That bitch yeah. is provoking. <laughs> I ain't nothing like you fucking rap niggas. Hustle man to shoot or not, you know what I'm saying? He going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, though he ain't shooting nobody at this moment, you know what I'm saying? But those words is provoking, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so when people see you, they, and, and they listening to that music, mm-hmm. they gotta believe what you say, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Even if you're not, I'm gonna believe what you say. When you say you busting niggas' heads, I gotta, I gotta know I gotta that. See yep. I gotta know that. And if and if that's your that's your cut, then I gotta know that. I know this nigga able to do this, so this is where I gotta be at. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's that's what happened when I I, I feel like that's what motivated Nipsey's killing. Facts. And that's probably what motivated Tupac's killing. Facts. And that's what motivated Biggie's killing. You know what what they were rapping about, and yeah. and like you said, it's the consumer. You know, consumers they like testing shit. They like playing with fire. And they're like, oh, so you you bought about it? Okay, well, well let's see if you bought about yeah. it if I do A, B, and C. Yeah, and niggas you know? just be trolling. A lot of times niggas just be trolling just back then 
you was able to troll in real life. Now niggas can just troll on the internet. But yeah. back then it was real life trolling. Like, I'm gonna pull this nigga. Let's see if I can pull this nigga card. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And you trying to pull a nigga card, trying to troll just to see if Pac who he bought or who you bought. Now this shit that led to an all out war. All out. You know what I mean? That's all, yeah. And I and that um because we we talk about you know the evolution we talk about the elevation and this was the isolation faced within you know the hip hop community so again this was um just just all of these deaths and then any death that has ever happened within the hip hop community due to you know just just motherfuckers just want to you know test you and see what you about like if the power is in the tongue and I know. You know, within the hip-hop community, if we're using our platform to make a difference, we also have to be cognizant of the fact that although, yes, this is a job, you know, is this also going to affect my my livelihood? Yeah. Like, do I have children that look up to me or nieces and nephews? Yeah. Like, so, so yeah, I, yeah, it's, that's definitely a sensitive subject. Now, this isn't going off topic, but it kind of is because we got to a, a heavy debate about this shit. <laughs> Michael Jackson and Prince. Listen, <laughs> I know, right? and we we gonna we gonna talk about it a little bit, but we not gonna <laughs> dive in it too much because the um the debate was I am a diehard Prince fan, mm-hmm. and I will sit here and I will argue people down as to why I think artist I mean Prince was the better artist than Michael Jackson. Now I'm not saying that. Michael Jackson did not have any hits. I'm not saying Michael Jackson was not out here bagging bitches. I'm not saying Michael Jackson was not out here putting out some some good shit. Because he put out a lot of bangers. But I have always said that Prince, hands down, is one of the most undefeated as an artist. If you have to put Michael Jackson and Prince in the same category. Although they might not be technically in the same category. If we had to make a, a choice, I, I have to go with Prince. Um, and also because he's a Gemini, our birthdays are literally a day apart, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, Michael Jackson, of course he has done a lot with his music and he has used his music as a platform to, um, you know, talk to the masses. Uh, but Prince also did the same thing. He did it at a very young age and he produced a lot of different hits and anything that he produced or wrote, he always had his hand in that production. Shaka Khan's I Feel For You, that was on Prince's, um, album his his uh self-titled album i think it came out in like 77 or some shit right before his first album for you and he did all of that shit he literally put together his own production wrote his own music orchestrated and organized all of his sound played all of his instruments mm-hmm. he did that shit at like 18 19 years old right and to be able to um to do that shit at such a young age and to go in the studio and to um just just vibe it out and to knock out hits after hits after hits after hits sometimes he wouldn't even have you know a pen in the pad and then sometimes all he had was a pen in the piano mm-hmm. like he has a um an album that mm-hmm. was unreleased and it's literally just him at a piano in the tape recorder just going crazy just going crazy and he's doing all of his vocals. He's playing the piano. He's organizing his music. Listen, you can't say that about Michael Jackson. You can't. Well, I'm going to tell you what you can say about Michael what? Jackson. This is why Michael Jackson likes Michael Jackson over the press. All right. You feel me? And he can ball on niggas in heels. <laughs> First of all, he ain't balling on niggas in heels. Yes, 
Yes, he can. I, I'll pull up the article about that, but... You, shit, no, Charlie, no. Charlie Murphy told no, the story no, about that. No. That was real. That was real life. But... No, 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 no. Prince is exceptional. Okay. Right? Exceptional. He's exceptional. Thank he you. Probably like, I appreciate it. Um, like you said, you named everything. He is a one-of-a-kind person. But even in that one-of-a-kindness, can't outdo Mike. Okay. And this is why. This is why. I love Prince because of his truth, right? Okay. His undulterated truth. Like, he was able to do things that no man on the human earth can do. Oh, you just said something. That was sexy. He said because of his adulterated truth. Yeah. Um, But, and his message. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He had a message, too. You know what I'm saying? But I think Mike wins only because... When you can transcend language barriers, when you can transcend culture barriers, mm -hmm. when you can sing one song and this song, you can literally travel around the world, not just the United States, Craig. Mm -hmm. The whole world, Craig. That, that says a lot about who you are, what you're doing, how people receive it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This nigga Mike albums doing number one albums on, across the world. You're right. He wasn't just a United States, he wasn't an American artist. He was a worldwide artist. And that's tough to beat. I don't give a fuck. Nigga, you could be playing the, the banjo on top of a monkey, fucking a girl, nigga praying to God at the same time. <laughs> if the world don't transcend that, you can't win. That sounds like the musical fiddler on the roof. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Like if the world, and, and that's what Mike did. He the transcended world, his music. He transcended through the world. That's what make Drake one of the dopest artists ever. He's transcending over the world. Like, but got, Drake is a bipolar artist because he don't know if he want to be Trinidadian, if he want to be from Houston, if he want to, you know, appeal well, I mean, to the female. I want to say, I wanna say that he's bipolar. He's just, but I love Drake. I, I mean, hands down. Yeah, I but I want to say he's bipolar. It's, 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 it's who he is. And he paying homage to the the things that happened to him. Mm -hmm. His people, his, his daddy from Houston. When he went to Houston, he got love. He's if you stay in a place for two, three years, you 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 there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You from Toronto? In, in Toronto, there is a heavy Trinidadian um, culture. culture. I've been over there before. You know what I'm saying? It's it's heavy. Yeah. And if you live there, you are gonna be a part of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you 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 relate to more of the dark skinned people because the dark skinned people over there is not American black. No. They are Trinidadian. And you know what I'm saying, they islands. You know what I'm saying, they island people. So that's part of his culture. When you talk about the women, nigga, I'm a light-skinned nigga. I'm always fucking with the hoes. Why not talk about the women? You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't think he's a bipolar artist. I just think that he got a lot of things that in his background that help him be able to communicate his He's message. an artist that just doesn't adapt to one sound. He's able to be multifaceted with Because his... it's his background, yeah. right? Like, if it's just like the same reason why they like, why Blade always talk about selling dope. Well, the nigga was in Detroit selling dope. It's mm -hmm. what he did his life. He didn't do shit else. You know what I'm saying? He probably took care of a few kids or something, but his, his lifestyle is the streets. So every time that bitch come on, what you gonna hear? Street, street shit. shit. But that's also why I said that Prince was better than Michael because Prince has transcended his sound as well as an artist and he's always been ahead of his time. Facts. He's produced hits in the 80s that should have been coming out in the 90s. Facts. And I, I'm not you know, mad at that. I think, you know, we all have people that special. Like I said, he's extraordinary. But what make Mike that man, because in the moment, he was the man. 
you put Prince on stage with Mike, and it's not gonna say that Prince can't outperform Mike or perform with Mike, because he can. That nigga Prince will get on stage and go crazy. I, it's a clip actually where Prince was performing and Mike was in the um, audience and he had Mike come on stage and perform with him. It was crazy. It's a clip online. You gotta watch it. It's crazy. And this black Mike too. So this like rock with you, Mike. Oh, you know what shit. I'm saying? This not this before Mike became that nigga nigga. Before Thriller, this yeah. was Mike with you, Mike. So this is off the wall, Mike. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, but the thing that the thing that that made Mike so cold, like he put out an album where, you know, Jay Z talk about it. He said, um, you know, Jay. He said, you know, Mike, Mike Thriller was off the wall. Yeah, that was his Hands favorite down. album. Hands down. But but the fans felt Thriller better. You know, they were both composed by uh, Quincy Jones. Yeah. I mean, he composed everything. Everything. Damn near everything. Uh, before, you know, Barry, well, it was after Mike, Barry Mike not, Mike not a musician. You know what I'm saying? He he understands what it takes to be a musician. He's not a musician when it comes to, like, let's play the art. Mm. But just because I don't know how to play don't mean I don't know how to dictate no, sounds. I need this to sound like this. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I can do that. Yeah. I'm not a musician. I don't play no instruments. But when I go in the studio and I'm trying to, you know, I'm sitting down with cats that know how to make beats. I can compose my own record. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to be a musician. Not to understand one, music. Yeah, I'm yeah. not the one pushing the buttons. Right. So when we come, we talk about Mike. Just because Prince can't actually do it, don't make him a better musician than Mike. Because Mike can compose. He's composed too, right? And again, if you put them two on the stage, I'm not saying that Prince can't outperform Mike or be there with Mike. But when Mike gets to sing, has has Prince ever stepped on stage and he everybody got to wait 40 minutes before he can say something? No, absolutely. Actually, I'm sorry. I can pull Watch up. Watch out. Watch out. I will actually pull up. Mike is a god, man. Nigga, and Prince isn't. My, my nigga Prince is extraordinary, but Mike is Prince a god. Prince is a goddess. Prince, Prince is a goddess. Nah, I'm sorry. Mike he, is a he god. Is, and the me? reason why I have to say Prince is a god is because he didn't identify as black or white. He didn't identify as male or female. He he embraced everything. Even though we all knew what he was at the end of the day, but he was for everybody. Not saying Michael wasn't for everybody. Um... And then just the fact that honestly, both of them came from nothing and made something out of themselves. They both came from the hood, both country bumpkins, you know, um, very, very humble, very um, in tune, you know, with a lot of stuff. I, honestly, they were both ahead of their time. I will yeah, absolutely fact. say that. I think, um, um, but I, you, you cannot tell me that Prince and my dance circles around Michael Jackson, even with no draws on. Like I'm sorry. Stop. Look, Prince jumped Prince, off of speakers listen, and did splits in here. That's dope. Like you I'm got, sorry. That you, don't got nothing to do with dancing. Yeah, dancing. Rhythm, man. Nobody <laughs> can dance. Listen. And who I heard Mimic and Prince and who I heard Mimic and Mike. You wanna you wanna pull up that purple rain um clip? Who I heard Mimic and Prince and who I heard Mimic and Mike. Okay. Who in this world Mimic and Prince? We got one Prince Mimic. That's who? Miguel. Miguel Miguel took Prince home swag. Yeah, my, I'm not mad at that. Miguel got a lawsuit for that too. When he teabagged that girl <clears throat> after he jumped off the stage and his his nutsack hit the girl's head. So. I'm sure he did. But you know, but if, if I that could pick easy, a person, uh, a Chris easy. Brown. Chris Brown and Michael Jackson. Like that. What I'm saying is way more Michael Jackson intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. You got Usher that came up on the mic. Chris Brown that came on the mic. Nigga Neo. They, anybody that do any type of dancing in a R&B video from the from '95 and up, who is they? Who are they personating? Mike, not Prince. Ain't nobody up there trying to show their ass. You feel me? But I'm ain't nobody up there. I'm gonna be real with you. What ain't sucks about all of this is that although Michael Jackson is this amazing artist, 
You ain't never heard Prince and the Tabloids about anything having to do with um facts. But that don't stop. That don't got nothing to do with his artistry. Don't, so, don't try so to bring are his, you, his, his but are you life. the type of artist that can separate artistry from a person's personal life? Because then we can get to R. Kelly. I mean, that's that's a hard pill to swallow. I mean, at the end of the day, the nigga is talented as fuck. Absolutely. I can't. I would never take that away from R. Kelly. I can never take away. You know what I'm saying? What people do in this world. Mm-hmm. Now, what they doing outside of that, on their personal, some fucked up shit. The shit that R. Kelly was on, that's, that's on him. But they don't take away the shit that he produced for us. But it's, a, it's an unfortunate situation because, again, when you're an artist and you look at your platform, you have to look at, not only am I representing my brand as far as music, but I have to represent my brand the same way outside of music. Yeah, but I think it's unfair to anybody to be able to say this is what i produce for this for this culture right for you to take away what i produce for the culture because of my demons absolutely i don't think that's fair to anybody absolutely. you know what i'm saying because it's people that produce so much for the culture that got demons shit albert Einstein had demons yeah. but they don't take away his theologies and his philosophy about shit mm-hmm. we still Listen to Albert Einstein. We still quote him. We still go through shit. A lot of the fucking math theory is about is through him. You know what I'm saying? So like, do we take away people's legacy of what they produce for the culture because they was fucked up? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, nah, I don't do that. I just don't. I don't rock like that personally. Like, R. Kelly a beast. He's always gonna be a beast. He's probably one of the dopest in, in our generation, if not in all generations that do music and sing his fucking ass off, can write, compose, that can do everything niggas can do. Was he fucked up? Yes, the same with Prince. The nigga, we talked about a dude that represented both sex, sexes, you know what I'm saying, on both, on, on, a, on the same occasion. Shit, I don't agree with that, but that do that take away from who the fuck he was? Hell no, that nigga was fucking exceptional. You know what I'm saying? So, the mic shit, whether you want to believe it or not, that shit don't take away from Mike still to this day. No, like, that man my kids, My kids didn't even know the nigga was dead until I told him he was dead. That's how crazy <laughs> his music is. That's how my nephew was too. You know when he found out Michael Jackson was dead, he was destroyed. He was, they they was, destroyed. and I'm talking about four or five year olds. Yes. yes. Like, what? Yeah. He's not alive? Yeah. What are we watching then? Okay. I was like, this stuff I grew up on. Yeah. No, like they couldn't believe it because his mic because his music is so relevant. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, you can play a thriller off the wall album or dangerous but album. You can still do the same thing with Prince. Now I, I can. agree with you on you this. Can. Prince did not have as many heavy hidden albums as Michael Jackson did. Michael Jackson put a lot of shit out back to back to back. What you also have to think about too is both of them were in um record deals that they had to keep putting shit out back to back to back. Yeah. That was a part of their deal. Like, that was it. But I feel like Michael Jackson's music was a lot more relatable to the masses. That's what make you And that's what, and, and that's what made him a dope artist. That's but for Prince, Prince was that underdog. And I always I always root for the underdog. Yeah, I mean, I like the underdog story too. But at the end of the day, when you a beast, you a beast. That's just what it is. When you might, you might. You feel me? Like, at the end of the day, I didn't start getting... Prince records until I got older. I, I, I could, as a kid, I couldn't relate to Prince because okay. his 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 content was very mature. Very. Even as a young even as a young dog, his content was very mature. Mm-hmm. But Mike transcends all ages, all color, all culture. Feel me? No matter you black or white, no matter how old you are, you gonna sing mm-hmm. that shit. No matter if you black, white, Asian, Jamaican, orange, blue, you singing that song. You sing like. He trained, and I think that's what make him a better artist. It's so, gonna always make him a better artist. So would you say Mike was for the geeks and Prince was for the freaks? 
Hell no. Because yeah. Mike had the freaky shit too. Dirty Diana wasn't freaky. Dirty, Dirty Diana was, freaky. was crazy. But that was like, I, I, I would have to say, that's when I feel like Michael Jackson was finally coming to his manhood too. Yeah. I mean, you know? they both was young. You know what I'm saying? Think yeah. about it. Thriller was off the wall. He was like 17, 18. That was some of his best produced music. Mm-hmm. Thriller was, he was young. He was like 20, 21. Like, so when we talk about young music and content, that's what I'm saying. His content was young, but though his content was young, I mean, th- though he was young, his content was still mature. Mm-hmm. And so you got to respect that piece. All right. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's um, move into the um, second to last question. So we always talk about this, and this is a very, um, it's, it can be a touchy subject because, you know, the way that music is shifting, um, is hip hop dead? Is hip hop dead? No. Hip hop is just evolved. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's better, to be honest with you. I mean, is it the same concepts that we grew up to? No. Is it the same message that we grew up to? No. But it, we don't live in the same world. Again, hip hop was one of those, it's a genre that mimicked where we was, where we at. You know what I mean? So the things that we seen when we was coming up, these kids, I'm seeing the same thing. It's a, literally a whole different world from relationships to, uh, you know, the way we communicate with each other to sexualism, to, you know, um, being able to vibe through sexualism, um, to be able to see each other in, in different ways, the transition the transition of black and white, the transition of uh, races, the transition of, uh, you know, communication and information. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a different world. And so I don't say hip hop is dead. I feel like hip hop is just evolved because you don't have to tag no more. You got graphic designers now. So you saying they not designers no more? You know what I mean? You got, um, you don't have to give 16 bar verses no more. So just because I give eight bar verses over auto tune, I'm not I'm not part of the, the, the culture no more. You know what I'm saying? So like, it now, and the only people that disagree with it is the people that seen life before. Just like uh, anybody that seen life before would, would it evolve to. Because we all have a perception and we all have like, a way that we think it should evolve. You know what I mean? We got this thing where like, okay, I plant this seed, it should look like this. But but the plant always don't come out looking the way you think it's gonna look. But does it does it take away from the, the same seed that you planted? No, it doesn't. It just grew a different way. And so I feel like hip hop just evolved. That's it. Well, um, last question. So to wrap up the show, how will you use your music as a platform um, to elevate the community or just give back period? Um, I, I feel like I do that already. Like my music is empowering. I think when you hear a dot song or a dot production, you're gonna feel empowered. You know what I mean? You're gonna feel humanized. Um, and it's okay to be human. It's okay to be ourselves. Um, but you're gonna be confident in who you are. You know what I mean? And being able to say, okay, I can do this. And so, I feel like that's what my music represents. That's what I represent as a person. Um, I'm not here to judge nobody. I'm not here to talk about nobody. I'm just here to. Um, figure out what our layers is as people and how we can build on that and get better. And so that's what ADOT do. You know, I feel like he's done that with not just my kids, um, but other people's kids, um, you know what I'm saying, from churches to community centers to the block to the hood to ghetto boys to backpack um, kids, you know what I mean? When you hear ADOT song, it's easy to relate to. It's almost like Michael Jackson type. You can, you can, you, it is it, all, all barriers. And when, when you hear it, you eat it, Cause I'm only coming from my personal life, but when you hear it, you can eat it and be like, okay, I can do it too. And so that's, I feel like that's the way I get back to the community. 
Well, Doc, I would like to thank you so much for um, coming back, you know, and doing Hip Hopology with me. It's definitely been a pleasure, you know, oh, just talking to you and just breaking yeah. bread with you. Um, where can we find you? On social media. <laughs> yeah, on social media, all platforms. It's official, A-Dot, that's um, official, O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-A-D-O-T, all one word, all one word. And that's all social media platforms. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, shoot, whenever else I'm on, I think I'm, I'm always putting the official A dot. So like, you can find me everywhere on there. Uh, I appreciate y'all for looking out. Man, we got some, we got some dope stuff coming up um, this summer. We got some, we got some big things happening, even with you know the production scene, videos, new music coming out, um, shows. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm out here. So look me up, follow me, so you can be a part of that for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Dot and I were actually working on some stuff too. I don't want to talk about it too much, but let's just say you know, definitely be on the lookout for some of the things that we have going on this summer. Um, but again, thank you all so much for tuning in to Hip Hopology. Um, you can find us on social media on Instagram at G Marie Media. Um, you can also send us an email too if you want to just kick with us, give us a shout out, break bread, um, or give us a topic that we can talk about on the show at booking at gmariemedia.com. Uh, you can also visit our website, www.gmariemedia.com um, to check out not only just Hip Hopology, but all of our podcasts under the G Marie Media Podcast Network. So again, uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. This was an amazing episode and we look forward to kicking it with y'all soon. Talk to you later. Bye. Today's episode is powered by G Marie Media LLC. For more information on today's podcast, visit our website at www.gmariemedia.com.